being of service must lead any advertising. The moment we're in, there is no advertising without action. People are increasingly looking for brands, for trust and information. Where there's fear, confusion, lack of certainty, brands can provide substance, hope, optimism, utility, and solutions. The action can take many forms, but each one has to be tied to your greater brand purpose. That's Nicole Ogoff, Managing Director of T-Brand Studios at the New York Times. I'm really into how she's outlining a brand's role, which is often utility, yes, but it can be so much more than that if we get it right. In the same way that someone might have a personal brand following on YouTube or Instagram or something like that, this is my platform, and it's my responsibility in some ways to use it in the most effective way possible to further causes that I think need to be furthered. I think as humans, as people, we have a responsibility to that. And I think that's important to not lose sight just because you have the filter of the brand in front of you. That's Alex Poyer from Blackwing Pencil Company reminding us that brands very often could be a reflection of the people who run them. Welcome to Uncooked, a podcast for marketers to hear the unfiltered truth from industry experts, brands, and the target audiences we serve in their own words. I'm your host, Jacqueline Lieberman, and I'm serving up raw insights today on Uncooked in part two from last month's burning question, which was, given everything we've just gone through as a society, what do brands need to do to become more human? I posed this question to marketing leaders and received such thoughtful responses that we had to make this a two-parter. I posed the question mostly because I kept noticing that brands, just like people, are struggling with how to act and what to say and what to do at this time in our culture with the stresses of a pandemic and upcoming presidential election and the racial injustices that we've been seeing. I asked marketing leaders to give practical advice for brands to meet the moment. So let's dig in. Your brand ultimately is what you say, what you do, and what you think. I believe no matter how much our work or consumer environments continue to change, articulating why you matter as a brand couldn't have come at a better time. So what does it mean for brands when the call to be human must live up to the moment we're in? Three things. First is taking stock with context. As people are seeking deeper humanity, it begins with knowing yourself. For a brand, this means knowing what they believe and what the beliefs mean in the context of today and the sentiment of tomorrow. Brands have to take stock of where they've been and where they want to go. Second, it's about reframing your role. It's a commitment to seeing yourself as equals with your consumer. The relationship must lead with what brands can give, not what they can get. Giving comes in many forms and happens at the individual, community, and the society level. This sometimes demands having the courage to be bold and talk to those who might care to listen, not to everyone at once. And lastly, humility and action. For brands, humility means knowing when to be the authority and when to acknowledge that you are not. I'll start with Nicole's first point about being of service, which is something we talked a lot about in part one of last month's burning question. You can go back and listen. It's episode four. I think it's key to break down what service actually means because it could take us to this volunteer place, which is important, but that's not what we're talking about here. Here, Nicole is referring to when a brand is lucky enough to earn people's trust, their consumers are going to look to them to offer substance in the form of trusted information, utility when they need to get something done, and sometimes even a little optimism. That's because that's the new definition of service. Tell me something valuable, make my life easier, and make me feel good. I think she brings up another important point, though. Prompting brands to take stock of their journey, 
where they've been and where they want to go in the context of what's happening today. So context is important, but context doesn't mean a brand's identity or beliefs need to change just because the world around us is changing. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's about using this time as an opportunity to examine a brand's unique value that is always delivered to people, and then just adapting that same value to address what's needed today. Next, we hear from Josh Golden, president and publisher of AdAge, weighing in on the importance of knowing what your brand truly stands for. I think, obviously, many brands have had to figure out, if they haven't already nailed it, what their purpose is. And if you don't have a purpose that's very clear, then generally it devolves to just profit. And that becomes a very challenging thing for consumers to recognize that you're, what does your brand really stand for? And if you just stand for, well, we make money, I guess that's good for Wall Street, but it certainly isn't good to connect with your consumers or your audience. So I would hope that brands that are looking to become more in connection with their consumers are thinking about their brand purpose and then how that brand purpose connects specifically with the consumers that they're serving. The PR firm Porter Novelli surveyed 150 business executives just this past September and called it the 2020 Executive Purpose Study. They dove into the executive mindset of business leaders given the state of the world right now. Their research confirmed that a purpose-first approach, which is defined as delivering value to all stakeholders, not just shareholders, it's not just an airy-fairy aspirational idea. Rather, it's the new go-forward strategy for leading brands today. Let me throw down some stats for you from their research. Nearly 9 in 10 of the C-suite, so 89%, believe that companies that lead with purpose have a competitive advantage in today's marketplace. 73% of business execs believe companies have more responsibility than ever before to address social justice issues. 71% understand that to truly be purpose-driven, a company must be willing to take risks to address social issues which is in alignment with the U.S. general public at 72%. And just a third of execs say business leaders should only focus on business and not social justice issues. So I find these to be extremely refreshing coming from the C-suite. Next up is Michael Loper, VP of Experience Strategy at Rap New York, where he riffs on the difference between the notion of accountability and ethics when it comes to brand behavior. So I think outside of like the ebbs and flows of brands being able to do what they can when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to racial and social injustice, when it comes to medical misuse or malpractice or medical value or data and how data is being used, I think brands have to be accountable just like humans. Ethically, in order to be ethical, you have to have free will. Free will gives people the choice. You can choose to do what you wish. Some will choose to do bad, some will choose to do something good. Some will toggle between both of those choices and default to something good when they start kind of guiding themselves by the code of ethics. When it comes to that fine line between accountability and ethics, I think brands have to hold themselves accountable because their audience will hold them accountable and their audience is tied to their revenue and their P&L. So brands have no choice but to be accountable. 
Depending on their industry and the circumstances, brands and the people behind the brands will choose to do what they believe is right. Let's just pause here for a second. Michael is hitting on that tightrope that brands are walking on every single day to balance taking responsibility and ethically just doing the right thing. We've seen recently how people are holding a brand's feet to the fire for their actions or even their inactions. And we know what really matters is how a brand is perceived through the eyes of the public versus shareholders. Chairman Cicilline, Ranking Member Sensenbrenner, members of the subcommittee, thank you for the opportunity to testify. The tech industry is an American success story. The products we build have changed the world and improved people's lives. Our industry is one of the ways that America shares its values with the world and one of our greatest economic and cultural exports. Facebook is part of this story. We started with an idea to give people the power to share and connect. And we've built services that billions of people find useful. The recent Facebook boycott is a really good example of people searching for accountability from large companies. While the ad dollars not spent barely made a dent into Facebook's bottom line, it was really about sending a message. According to RepTrack, the public opinion analysis company, they outlined back in July three key measures Facebook can take to improve their situation, but not only for themselves, but to improve their public perception. First, they say, recognize that there's a reputation problem and pledge to fix it. Oh, you mean humility. Got it. Okay, great. The second point, RepTrack says, Facebook could put forth a solid governance plan. So you mean, oh, act like you have responsibility to your 2.6 billion monthly users. Good idea. Okay. And the last measure of advice from RepTrack to Facebook was to proactively get ahead of a societal problem. So they suggested that Facebook come together with its partners, other social networks, and the public, and put together an advisory committee to perhaps self-regulate content. All of this is really sound advice, and I'll also go back to what Nicole said earlier, which was brands need to reframe their role. So in Facebook's example, while connection is core to Facebook's brand purpose, they need to put today's lens over the types of connections that they're enabling. Let's get back to Michael because he also talks about acknowledging mistakes as a means for brands to exhibit their humanity. I think when it comes to how a brand can be more human or flex the ethical muscle away from that nebulous world of nice to that measurable world of kind is I think by doing two things, being open and transparent about their flaws and listening. As humans, there are bad listeners and there are good listeners. So moving to the second point of being kind of more open and authentic of the mistakes, I think brands are so terrified of making mistakes because their mistake will affect their profit and loss statement, which means any action that they're doing is more in that nebulous world of nice where it's self-serving, it's born out of a desire and an ego. Brands have to be a lot more open with the mistakes that they're making. And when the brand is open about making mistakes, I think people will give them the benefit of the doubt that that brand going forward of whatever mistake they've just made or been open about is going to listen more authentically to what their audiences want. And we know that that brand's going to try and hold themselves accountable. I think kind of balance those four things. Like 
balance accountability and ethics with the authenticity of making mistakes and the act of empathetic listening, listening born out of kindness. Going back to the 2020 Porter Novelli study, it's clear that the majority of execs acknowledge the critical role their brand can play in addressing societal issues. In fact, 60% said that they wanted to be more proactive about sharing previous mistakes rather than waiting for someone else to publicize them. That all sounds good, and we know it's easier said than done. So then Porto Novelli went on to ask what I consider a monster of a question, which was, what prevented business leaders from taking a stand on social justice issues? And it all comes down to two things, lack of internal alignment and fear. The top reason cited was that there are too many stakeholders who want different things. They can't get out of their own way. And this is exactly where brand purpose comes into play. Because when you define a singular intention for your brand, that swimming lane becomes very clear and it becomes indisputable to others. The second batch of reason falls into that category of fear. Execs are thinking, my company hasn't done enough internally to take a stand. I don't want to invite retaliation from different stakeholder groups, or I'm afraid consumers will negatively call my company out for not being authentic. Totally fair. But it comes down to this. People believe things that are true. If you pick a cause out of thin air or align your brand with an issue that you have no plans to address internally, yeah, you're going to get called out. Instead, just ask a very human question of yourself. How are these issues hurting the people we care about? And what can we do about it in 30 days, 90 days, over the next two quarters, internally, externally, first crawl, then walk, and then run. Okay, all of this sounds good, but how do you ensure what goes on the shelf represents the promises you've made as a brand? I spoke to beauty industry veteran John Costanza, and he calls for the beauty industry to go beyond table stakes. It seems the beauty and hair care category play in that space of balancing ethics when it comes to clean ingredients, animal testing, and even sustainable packaging. I think brands need to move off of just the messaging and make this reality because there's a lot of brands that jumped on that bandwagon and get to the point where they're at a low percentage of clean products and they're not really clean. You know, they just meet the minimal criteria and they need to get to a point where it's much more than that. And it's become what we call table stakes. The other part of it is also animal cruelty free. So that's an important initiative and it's got to be real. And people are using different things on their bottles to project that. The bunny that you see on most bottles exemplify cruelty free to animals. But a lot of those things aren't legitimate. Not that they're not legitimate. They're not connected with an association. So it's going to be important for them to legitimize it. Both those areas have to be legitimized. Yes, legitimizing product claims is certainly important. But wouldn't it be nice if there weren't disparities between the industry regulators and a brand's own standards? A world where everyone was shooting for more than just the bare minimum of running an ethical business? All right, a girl can dream. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground so far, starting with the importance of brand purpose in aligning a company on their go-forward strategy. We also heard about how brands are constantly faced with balancing honesty and accountability and the call to go beyond industry table stakes. So let's say you've taken those critical steps for your brand, checked all the boxes, 
Now it's time for you to communicate your brand message to the world. And after all of that work, how will you ensure a clean handoff to content creators? Andrew Gollum, agency founder of Our Man in Havana, lays down some practical advice, especially calling upon brands that are working with huge agencies. They need to create a tight-knit group of brand stewards. The care and feeding of your brand cannot be placed in the hands of so many people that it just gets spread too thin and diluted. The bigger the brand gets, the more voices are involved with maintaining it. And I think it's both an internal phenomenon and an external one. And when you hand over the reins to your brand to a global monolithic agency network, well, yeah, you know, you're going to get your message out there everywhere and in every place and every media outlet on the planet Earth. But, you know, now you've got like hundreds, if not thousands of people that are responsible for the message and the communication of what your brand stands for. And there's no way that that's going to stay on track and be culturally relevant in all those places. It's just impossible. And I think that really makes brands feel very thin and unconnected to the human part of this process and just starts to get very inauthentic feeling the bigger and the wider that definition becomes. I have a great example of this. You know, several years ago, we had a visit from the folks from Chipotle who came to meet us. They were literally taking a tour around the country and meeting with only small agencies. And they came to see us and we met in the conference room and there were three of them and we sat in a room and literally just talked about, you know, advertising and marketing and their brand and our brand. And, you know, they were looking for an agency partner, but they specifically were looking for a very small team that they felt like they could connect with that had the chemistry to understand their brand in the same terms that they did and didn't want to reinvent them and tell them who they were, you know, from the outside. So we asked these guys how they worked. And, you know, there's three of them in the room. And we said, so, you know, you don't have an agency. You guys are here. You know, who's doing all the actual work? Like, who's running the marketing part of this? And who's doing the actual advertising and writing the ads and making the ads and doing all that stuff? And the head guy looks at me and he said, you're looking at it. It's the three of us. We all laughed and we were like, oh, that's really funny. But he was like, no, I'm not kidding. There was this funny moment in the meeting where we were talking about the bags that they had at the time that had these handwritten, beautiful writings about the brand and little doodles and beautiful little illustrations. And I was like, so who does that? You know, you must farm that. Out. And the woman next to me just turned to me. She's like, no, I do that. I write those and I draw them. And it was like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. These guys are for real. Like they literally, it's these three people in the room basically have created the identity and the vibe of this brand and they manage it. And that's why it was good. And it was great. They really helped take that, you know, what started as a small little idea and made it this huge national thing. And, you know, they had their issues when McDonald's got involved and the bigger they got, the worse it got and the more they lost control of their own brand. And in my opinion, it really came down to not because they didn't know how to define themselves. It became too many people were in charge of holding the reins and maintaining the real currency of what that brand was. And you just can't do it that way. It's just not possible. Too many people. I love hearing those early stories about Chipotle. I still have hope for them because they've gotten a lot of things right in recent years. Scaling a brand doesn't have to mean dilution. It just means founders and brand stewards need to transfer that founding DNA to others. 
and do it in ways that makes them feel like that they were part of the beginning. You need to respect the origin story. So to wrap up our burning question, given everything we've just gone through as a society, what do brands need to do to become more human? I have four key takeaways from these latest conversations for you. Number one, use today's context as an excuse to take stock of your brand's journey and reframe the future with the lessons learned. So look back and then look forward with the lessons learned. There's never been a better time than right now to do that. Number two, Humility and doing the right thing by people is how most humans behave. So why would we have different standards for companies of any size? Number three, brand purpose is so much more than a nice saying in the lobby or on a Yeti mug. Execs are using purpose to ground their go forward business strategies. That makes me so happy. And what should a go forward strategy actually entail? Well, to me, it's three things. Being willing to take risks having a firm point of view on the world, and acknowledging your responsibility to the people your brand serves. And finally, number four, after all of this work, leave your brand's voice and its heartbeat to a team of people who care enough to do it justice. The time of phoning it in as brands and even as agencies is officially over. This has been an episode of Uncooked. I'm Jacqueline Lieberman, founder and chief strategist at Brand Crudo, a marketing consultancy. You can learn more about what we do at brandcrudo.com. I want to thank Nicole, Josh, Michael, Andrew, John, and Alex for their valuable insight into this topic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe from your favorite podcast player. Also, don't forget to rate or leave a review and let me know what you think. A quick 60 seconds is all it takes and your feedback would mean the world to me. Thanks so much for listening.